In this episode, once again, we speak to the amazing Elliot Callan. Elliot is the founder and president of Prosperity Financial Group, an industry authority in finance and renowned contrarian investor. With over almost 10 figures, 10, almost a billion dollars um, in assets under management, his firm has redefined financial success for countless professionals, entrepreneurs, and retirees by capitalizing on opportunities during economic downturns. Prosperity Financial Group makes smart investments when masses are fearful and running for the hills. The firm's trademark, if it's money, it's personal, has reflects Elliot's, in the, Elliot's um, commitment to personalized financial solutions uniquely to each individual. He's also the best-selling author of the book, Driven. And in today's episode, we're speaking to Elliot about the three phases of entrepreneurship. Let's find out. Oh, and remember, if you want to upgrade your money mindset, then click on the link www.millionairefoundation.com and watch my free training. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so excited. Once again, we have the wonderful, the charming Elliot Karen. Welcome, Elliot. Great to be here, Gul. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming back, Elliot. Elliot, we had this fantastic conversation on Friday feature. It was amazing. So we had to have you back today. So Elliot, everyone's heard your intro and they know how fabulous you are. But please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. So I own two money management firms, just under a billion dollars in total assets here in Northern California. And I'm president of a nonprofit charity as well. Wonderful. And today, Andy, we're talking about entrepreneurship. Specifically, we're talking about the three phases of entrepreneurship. So... I mean, anybody who's listened to a Friday, a Friday episode will know that you actually started off with literally nothing. Your your father was an immigrant, your parents were an immigrant, and your first generation, um, you know, American in um, America. So you went from being, um, you know, some so just a normal boy and you know, just a normal man, being a quarterback in school, and working your way through multiple companies to now, you know, running multiple businesses, just just shy of ten figures. Talk us through. In your opinion, what what are the three pillars or three phases? So what's the first phase of entrepreneurship? It's great. And my dad was new, actually U.S. and my mom was Europe. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I don't want to negate my dad's upbringing because it's you know, Newark, New Jersey, which is in the middle of a depression and, and has all types of problems as a city. Okay. There. So there are three pillars, go of entrepreneurship as I view them. Okay. Uh, the first one Phase one is really the startup phase of an entrepreneur, getting the vision, starting it up, kind of working, digging with shovels. It's clawing at success. It's trying to develop something out of nothing. It's exciting. Uh, it's You can't sleep at night. You can't wait to go to work. And you're starting to build something, cash flow. Sometimes you're working by the seat of your pants and you're telling everybody what you're doing and you're trying to sell some truth in advance because you really don't have much to talk about yet, but you're doing it. And that's exciting. Phase two is now you've got something. 
Okay. Uh, now I now I want to scale it. So if you, wanna, if, you, if you slow you down, let's, go, let's talk about the phase one. So phase one is, would you say phase one is where most entrepreneurs or one of the entrepreneurs fail because they they hit some success and they've, they've got an idea and they are putting into action or putting into implementation, but they get stuck, you know, they, you know, they get stuck with cash flow or, you know, something goes wrong or the partnership fails or something else happens or they have a burnout. Would you say that's the phase that's the most dangerous? It is. And you were hundred percent right. It's like you said, it's cash flow, burnout. I'm exhausted. My marriage is starting to fail. All these things happen primarily in phase one. Uh, most of those people that started are in their thirties and forties, maybe early fifties. Mm. Uh, so they're young, they've got energy. Uh, the kids can be pretty young yeah. working around the clock. I mean, there are people that start in their fifties and sixties too, but for the most part, these are younger people. And, and it's hard to make that work. It's where you quit very easily. Yeah. Uh, your own metal own metal is being tested every day. Mm. When I, am I going to say, am I going to even meet payroll this week? Yeah. How do I do this? And my office manager just quit. My office manager just sued me, mm. um, things like that. And how do I deal with that? And I've got to hire lawyers. Where's that money going to come from? And I, now I need a new accountant. You get a letter from the IRS. They haven't paid your taxes in the last two years because you haven't had enough cash flow to pay your taxes. Mm. I, and I think, I think we discussed something on, on Friday Future, which I think is worth mentioning here. And if you don't have a supportive spouse in this in this phase, you're going to really struggle even further because you need to have um, at least a harmonious, some kind of harmonious you know, home life in order to succeed. I mean, I've, all the people, that, you know, the amazing people that I, that I, the stories of you who've achieved amazing stuff, like you know, Richard Branson, they had that supportive partner and I think that makes a difference. Would you say that's, that could make or break an individual depending on what kind of partner you have at the time? So if you've got, a, it, the answer is, it is short answer is yes. And a little longer answer is that when you come home at night, hmm. if you don't have a supportive partner and you've been on the front lines fighting all day, then you are back on the front line fighting all night. Yeah. And nobody can sustain that. There's yeah. no marriage that can sustain that. I'm divorced. Uh, I, I've had two long-term marriages now. I have a second long-term marriage. Uh, but I'm divorced because too many things were constantly getting in the way of our marriage. It wasn't just my business. It was, it was other things besides that. But you just can't fight those fronts. You don't have the energy. It's exhausting to do that. Mm-hmm. So you need a spouse to say in a lot of ways, and it's not just male or female, it's the, the spouse. Mm-hmm. Saying, you know something? These things happen. I want to take you out for dinner and, and let's go get a pizza. Whatever you're going to do, I want you to know that I believe in you. And when you get been beaten up all day from banks and manufacturing or distribution or personnel, and you have a spouse that says, come on, I believe in you. Let's go get some pizza. Don't even talk about your date with me. I don't want you to get upset. Let's just have a glass of wine or a glass of whiskey and some pizza. And tomorrow's a new day for you. And I I believe in you. You're, it's like somebody put a lightning bolt into your stomach and said, you know something? Tomorrow is a new day and I'm going to conquer the mountain tomorrow. You need that. I think I think you're absolutely right. And I'm just thinking. I mean, I, I'm not married, and I don't have a partner. Um, and I, I think my own business only took off when I came out of toxic relationship. But I was thinking when I, because I do do long hours now, and I, and I one of my businesses is, is quite far away from home. So one of my businesses, because I choose not to stay overnight. It, um, just yesterday, I did um, you know, four and a half hours drive in the morning. It was a normally three hour drive. It became four and a half hours because of the traffic, because it was an accident, and then three hours drive back. And I so I did seven and a half hours on the road, going and coming back. 
when I was there, it was constantly mentally, you know, doing the work and stuff and dealing with personality and other things. And when I come home, yes, I don't have a spouse, but I have children who are really loving. So I come home and I can see mom's really exhausted. I'm, you know, they feed themselves and whatever. And actually my daughter's the one that makes me dinner for, you know, for when I come home. And just normally I, I make it, but when, on those sort of days she does. And just them coming, giving me a hug and saying, mom, I'm really proud of you. That's it. That uplifts me that, you know, because we've got such a harmonious environment and my kids are so proud of me. They can see how hard I work and what I'm doing. I'm doing it for them. That I think is 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 so much more. They, my the kids don't know. They don't. I don't. I don't talk to them about the hardships or you know, all the ups and downs in the business, and they, they don't need to have the burden. I can take. I can deal with it myself. But them them individually, they come and hug me, and every now and again they'll say, especially when I'm really really tired, I look really sad. They're like, oh, you sad? I'm like, no, I'm just tired, bitter. And they'll the hug I get, that love I get. I tell you, I'm still tired. But it, it fills me up with the drive that I can next day, like today was a full day of work, one of one after the other, one after the other, I had all these appointments. I can get through it because I've got that support network, even if it's from not for my spouse, it's for my family, but it's for my kids. And that that drive to do better the next day for my kids comes through. Does it make sense? And it's, it does. It's you're doing, I want you to think for a second because you're doing something so right from a life lesson standpoint, Gull, that you're teaching right now. Yeah. Is there's an Old Testament proverb, and not to get religious or anything like that. Yeah. It says, teach your children how you would like them to teach theirs. Mm. And so when you're coming home at night, and you're an entrepreneur, and you're fighting through it, and they can see it, yeah. even if it's not consciously, they can see it. It's being stored in their memory bank. They're going to look back on that. And don't be surprised if your children, when they face trials and tribulations of their own, whether they're corporate or whether they decide to be entrepreneurs on their own, they're going to look back on you and at, at your life and say, "My mom persevered through this. Yeah, I can I can grow from her strength. Hundred percent. And I and I and I completely hear because when I when I get the reason why I, I I know I'm very strong, but I have something to look back on because my mother in eighties did something which is unheard of. You know, she left my dad at, when he remarried and chose not to be a subordinate and you know chose not to be um, a second place, second fiddle to the second wife and she went through so much hardship. So she was, she was different. She wasn't an entrepreneur. She was blessed. Her. She was just, she did manual work, but I see whenever I get down or whenever things get tough for me, I, I look upon her life and I, I take heed from that, that she went through so much turmoil and she had to do, endure so much. And in a foreign country, cause she was first generation. I mean, I'm first generation. She was, she was a foreigner. So she came to this country um, who didn't hardly know the language either. And she persevered and made life for herself. What did the best of the ability, the best she could if she could do it, and you know, she didn't have all the opportunities or the the academics behind her like I do. Hell, I can do much better, I and mean, I can I can I can carry on going. So I learn from her, and I'm sure my children will come back and learn from my, my life lessons at some point. Hopefully, um, that's that that's the hope anyway. One hundred percent. Your kids are learning that one hundred percent. They can't really act on it right now. They're a little bit young, bit, but babies, they will yeah. at some yeah. point. As you gain strength from your mother and I gain strength from my parents in different yeah. ways, you those are embedded in you and they come out at certain points. My mother was an Auschwitz survivor. Wow. Uh, okay. World War II in Europe. And you know, when I think about what they went through, I can get gain strength just thinking about it. Yeah. And I wonder if I can go through that and how I would survive. But knowing that she did gives me the strength to know that I can survive anything yeah. and grow from it and do better. 100%, 100%. So that's phase number one. Let's move on to phase number two. So what's phase number two? Phase number two is now you have something. Mm. You have something that's beginning to look like it has sustainability. Mm. It has legs. 
on it. And now you want to scale it and grow it. Now you want to grow it maybe to a $5 million entity or a sole practitioner or a $100 million entity or pounds. If you want to go 100 million pound entity, you want it to grow, which means you're going to now bring it to new phases of life, which is personnel and banking. And there are big time things that and challenges you have to go through in a growth phase. And now your kids are probably a little bit older and you're starting on a personal level to say, wow, my business is taking a lot of my time. It requires these things. I've got some good people around me because you're making sure you're, that you have good people around you. And I've got to put them through college and I've got to stay married. And I've got a lot of things that I'm juggling. And my juggling is a challenge. Mm. Of how do I keep it in balance every single day? Uh, and that's really phase two is I'm now going to grow something that has sustainability to it and is going to be around for maybe 10, 15, 20 years or longer if I want it to be like that. And you're going to have to get better at what you do because you're no longer a startup entrepreneur. You're now a corporate citizen, a corporate manager, yeah. building something that you need to put people in place to help you grow and systems in place to help you maintain and grow. I think this is, I want to interject here because I've been in, I've been in all, all different phases. You need to recognize the challenges of every phase. Every phase has different challenges, different solutions, and it requires a different um, aspect of you. And you need to grow into the next level. You don't just go from one to the other. You have to grow in from phase one to phase two. And I think if I look in my life, it, it, it sometimes looks like um, startups are easier because you, you, the previous life always looks easier, I think, because the, the problems are smaller. As you grow, your problems grow. It's not the fact that problems become smaller. It's just your ability to deal with those problems becomes better. You be better dealing with them. Wouldn't you agree that, you know, that that's, that's, a fate mentum, that's a mindset that you need to go in there because you are constantly going to have to grow. And the bigger the company, the more uh, problems you're going to have to solve in order for you to grow further. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. And the more experience you'll have, you're correct, yeah. the more experience you'll have and you'll grow from experience as well. Yeah. So you'll learn that, you know, because you're my employee and you have an issue with me, you'll learn, you'll learn, wait, I dealt with this three or four times in the past. Let me put some of these policies in place. Let me talk to you about it. Maybe we can work our way through that before it gets out of control. Or let me give you the tools now, because I've given them in, in the past, that to help you do your job better. Um, and so you become a cheerleader for your organization. Mm. Um, that's a big thing now, because your organization is looking to you as a leader of the organization, not just the entrepreneur, mm. but the leader, and you want to do a better job and you want to be the role model. Yeah. You know, that's that's why you can't be an absentee owner because you're never going to be a role model. Yeah. I think I think something else they need to recognize is that when you are when you're starting out, you're 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 responsible for putting food on your table. And by the time you're in phase two, you are turning phase two, you have a number of other families dependent upon you to, to run a company in order to put food on their table. That responsibility is the biggest shift in my mind to, you know, to have, because now it's not just your mortgage or your um, you know, livelihood that's at stake, but everybody else who works for you too. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. hundred percent agree. You're, you're, you're so right on. This is why you got a great audience because you're, you're giving out these golden nuggets of information. Mm -hmm. And you're also saying it's okay to have all these frailties yeah. 
because that's what makes you human. Yeah. And so, but if you don't want to succumb to your own foibles and frailties, you want to grow from them. And that is one of the reasons why entrepreneurs succeed or don't succeed is they grow from their own foibles, their own mistakes. And of course, like I, I've said to you before, entrepreneurs don't really make mistakes. They just have painful learning lessons. Yeah, I think I think if I take if I look at my own experience, one of the things that I, and this is a compliment I received today because we have, I've gone in for an, a new venture, and there's some things which I'm not understanding. So instead of being in my ego, I think, well, I've done so much, I can learn and I can work things out. I put my hand up saying, well, you know what? This is a new area. I have no clue. I've tried for a month and I'm not able to make, I'm not able to get through the KPIs. I'm not able to make head or tails. Let me bring in a third party. Let me bring someone who can come in looking from a third point, you know, by a third party's point of view. Give me an idea of what else am I missing? Why am I, you know, where are we neglecting here? And when I was speaking to this individual and he's a, he's a CFO and, uh, and heads of business, he, he was he, he congratulated me he goes oh well then for recognizing that you don't know everything I'm like I don't <laughs> uh, it would be completely foolish of me to believe that I'm the expert of running a business because I have multiple businesses every business is a different kettle of fish and, and it requires a different skill set so I don't and I'm trying to learn I will probably I will become an expert in it because that's the intention in another few years time but at the moment I don't so actually recognizing where you are not where something's not in your area expertise or it's not something that you can do well at asking for help and paying for it. I mean, I'm not going to get this for free. I'm going to get paid. It's going to be I mean, something I pay for. And bringing this expert to give me the insight to say, okay, where am I missing? What what, what needs to improve that I'm failing to see at the moment? So how can we drive the right KPIs to move forward in the way that I want to? Would you say that having the ability to recognize your strong points your your and your weaknesses in order to get help to compensate where you're, you know, you have your uh, weaknesses? Oh, you're so spot on on that. You know, what's funny, when I went to Rutgers University in New Jersey, one of the business instructors said, professor said, you always want to improve your weaknesses and capitalize on your strengths. And actually, he's 100% wrong on that. Yeah. You want to work on really focusing your strengths of what you do really well. Yeah. And and hire out people. Yes, 100%. That can work on your weaknesses. Because if you work on your weaknesses, then the weaknesses get stronger, but they remain weaknesses. Yeah. Strengths are where you're stronger. So entrepreneurs are great decision makers and they're thinkers and they're creative people. And they're willing to accept the fact that they don't know everything all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what they do well. So that's why you, if, if I, I, Hey, I'm not the best with doing the books in the office. So if you have me do it, it's going to take five times as long to do it. I have a bookkeeping. I have an accounting firm. I have a CFO. That's how you improve that. Yeah. I, I don't always see all the decisions that need to be made. Let me hire some people that would have real skill sets that can see things that I don't see. AI is all around us. I, I'm not an AI guy, mm. but I have people work for me that are AI people now. Mm. So we have to use that. That's a great trait of an entrepreneur is admitting where you're strong and recognizing where you need help and doing something about it. 100%. 100%. Okay, so that's phase number two. Now move on to the third phase. What's the third phase? Third phase now is... What now? I've got something that's really great. What's going to be my exit strategy? Mm-hmm. Kids might be a little bit older. I don't have that issue of kids in a home anymore. Maybe I have grandchildren, but that's not really the issue. Mm-hmm. The issue is what's the next phase? I'm in my 60s, late 50s, late 60s, mm-hmm. maybe even 70. What do I want to do here? And so some people will talk to me, well, I want to give the business to my child, son or daughter, if you have that kind of person in your family, mm-hmm. or I want to sell it, or it's, it has no value. I'm just going to work it till I die. 
These are, that's what phase three is all about mm-hmm. is what's the next step for your business? What's your legacy? Go, what's your legacy for your children? Do your children really want your business or they don't want the money from your business? So I think this is a great point. And I, I would go, um, so I agree this is, would be the th- third phase, but I think if you start with the end in mind, and I think after being an entrepreneur for, for a number of years, this is something that you have to do. You have to have the end in mind. Now, there are a number of businesses that I have, and I don't see my children work any of the businesses I have. There are a couple that I see them, you know, taking over, and which will be the side hustle for them, which will be the the property business. But they will definitely carry on with that. But when it comes to the my current one of my current, because uh, I've, I've gone into manufacturing, my manufacturing business I have in mind, but I have an exit strategy for that. For next, based on where I want to exit between five to ten years, and depending on how how far I want to grow. I already have a mind. If I don't exit in five years, I will exit in 10 years. And I have a number in mind that I want to exit with. So I'm already working from an end point in mind. And that's my exit strategy because that's going to create the, the generational wealth, not just for my kids, but my grandchildren. So then I will probably invest that in somehow so that in a trust fund, or whatever, so that it's protected from you know other things. Being a lawyer, I will always think ahead. But I think you need to have an exit strategy. But then whereas what my I'm a lawyer my, and my daughter wants to go into law and my uh, my son has, uh, has indicated his interest in law too. So therefore, I'm also thinking about, um, you know, buying a law firm in, in the coming years to be set up a, a set up branch of a work, which will be for them. So they want to go into law, so that will be for them. So if you have an end in mind, what you want to do, so my law firms and my property will be handed over to the kids. My other businesses, I will exit and take the money and put it into investments for them. That's that's the way I'm thinking. But I always have an end in mind before I get into something. Coaching is something I'll do to the day I die. I don't think I can pass it on unless somebody wants to become a coach with me. I don't know who knows if they want to, but that's a business that I do because I'm passionate about it, not because it's for money. It's just because I love what I do. Well, you're on track. Most entrepreneurs, it's very hard to see what your business is going to look like in phase two, mm. much less phase three. And yeah. what's my end goal? What's my end game? Um, but they can begin to see that in two. Yeah, uh, that's so important for them. Uh, but really, when you get a little bit more secure in yourself, which you have, which you are. You now can really see an end game in mind and mm. give yourself some paths to to exit. It's hard to see that early on because you can barely see tomorrow. You're just getting yeah. through the bucket of the mud. But if you can do that and you think in multiple terms, so what you've been able to do is what I call the the bucket phase, mm. and that you've got multiple buckets happening in your life. Yeah, and so you're working them. Boy, if you can think like that, that's great. But a lot of people can't do that. They're just in a in a mono bucket, one bucket. And driving that, and they need a little bit more time in their life to think outside that box. Mm. Uh, and they can do that. Uh, real estate that you've done some real estate, that's a great thing. That's a second bucket. The third business is another bucket. Mm. Uh, these are great things to do as an entrepreneur, but you have to have the time from your business to think like that because you might be working 20 hours a day to yeah. get this thing off the ground. Yeah. I think I think it's important to have that. So I've done the 20 hours. Uh, I think I was in a startup mode a while ago. So instead of instead of starting a business, I, I think of buying business. I'm buying businesses at the moment who are already profitable and then building them on further to, to have the exit strategy, to do the exit strategy in five to 10 years. And I think that's because I've, got, I've gone in with the end in mind. I'm able to do that quite successfully. And hopefully I, I will, well, it's going to happen successfully. Depend, the time factor I'm uh, putting in the universe five to 10 years, we'll see what happens. The earliest five, latest 10, but every all the other businesses, I have, I know where I'm going with them, and I've already put in plan in motion to okay, this can work for them as a side business, whatever else. And I'm trying to teach my children 
you can think outside the box, you can think beyond it and everything in my life. I mean, I've gone from a lawyer um, who banking finance lawyer to uh, when I was working as initially I was working as an intuitive life coach doing all the woo-woo stuff. And uh, I, I did energy clearing and energy medicine. And I mean, now it's become a bit more fashionable. When I started out back in 2017 or 18, it wasn't, people didn't know what, know, know what the word money mindset was or um, all of that stuff was. Now it's very, very open and common. People talk about it. But again, lawyer doing that, <laughs> it's very difficult. And now from there, from being an online coach, whatever, to now going to brick and mortar business and doing steel manufacturing, it's again, a completely different kettle of fish. So I, I do different things. And this is what I'm teaching my children. However... I don't expect them to follow my tooth. I don't know if they want to be entrepreneurs. And why should I put the burden of them have, being an entrepreneur on top of them? The reason why I can give them property, because that's not that's an easy business to handle. And if they if they want to be lawyers, have a law firm for them. But my businesses, I think far too many um, individuals say, well, I've built this business up for, for the last 30 years. You know, you need to run it. Why? That's an unnecessary burden on your children. They need to make their own choices. They need to make their own craze. And they need to be happy doing it. It may be that my, both my children don't want to be entrepreneurs. Why would I put the burden of my my businesses on them if they don't want to be entrepreneurs? You wouldn't. It's not for them. And by the way, most people, because most of my clients are business owners, we advise that in most cases, you should not hand the business down to your children because your children don't want to do what you did when you were building it. They don't want to clean the garbage can out and work weekends and sometimes all night long. They just want the benefits that they see in your lifestyle now. Yeah. Give them that lifestyle. If that's what you want to do. Give them the money in a lifestyle. And then they can figure out what to do with the money themselves. 100%. 100%. So can you do a quick recap of all three phases of, of our entrepreneurship? Yeah, it's phase one is really the startup mode. I'm getting it together. I've got a little bit of a dream. I've got a little bit of a vision. Maybe I'm doing this by the seat of my pants from cash. I got to secure some cash flow. But I've always had a dream of starting something, even if I'm starting it part-time, to turn it into something full-time. I want to create something out of nothing. Okay. Uh, that's a really great phase one and all the challenges that go with that. Phase two is I've got something now. Now I want to create sustainability, give it legs. It's going to last 10, 20 years, whatever I want it to do. It's going to grow. I'm going to need more personnel, more financing, more plant property equipment, whatever the business is. Uh, but I've got a, even a bigger vision and I'm making that happen. And phase three is what's my wind down phase? What's the next phase of the business? And and go, what's the next phase for me? And mm -hmm. Do I just want to call it a day and travel? Uh, do I want to start something totally different? Do I want to become a book writer? Because I, I, I have a message I want to put out there. What's my phase in phase three, which might be a new phase one and start something over again, but I want to have something. Otherwise you're going to be 80 years old doing the same thing you did at 40. And if that's good for you, good for you, that wouldn't work for me, but that does work for some people. Wonderful. Okay. So on that note, we're going to wrap it up. So Elliot, tell us, where can we find you on the internet? How can we connect with you? Great. So email address is Elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T, at prosperityfinancialgroup.com. And the website is prosperityfinancialgroup.com. And you can go to my website and make an appointment with me any day of the week. Give me a call, whatever it is. Fantastic. So if you are listening to us on the podcast, the links that Ali has just mentioned will be in the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have all the links that Ali just mentioned. Go check him out and see how he can help you build a better business. Thank you so much, Ali, for being such an amazing guest um, and sharing all your insights with us. Thank you. It's been wonderful talking to you. Great. Thanks for having me on, Gull. And thank you for listening to me and Elliot today. I will be back with another amazing guest finding out how you and I can build a better business. Until the next time, this is Gold Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. 
If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.